You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Friday, February 26th. We've made it to yet another Friday on the Cardinals Mega Family. That's joined today by Cardinal beat writer Zach Silver of Lock, or of MLB.com. Uh, first year on the beat. Zach, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Not working for Locked On yet, but maybe no. <laughs> if this goes well enough, we'll, uh, we'll figure something out. No, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. Yeah, so Zach, you're, you're down in Jupiter uh, watching spring training games. It's your first year on the beat. So before we, we, we get into any Cardinal stuff, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about you and you know, how, how you got into this job, just a little brief, um, you know, how you got into the, to the Cardinal beat. Yeah, so I uh, started it out the past couple of years. I'm from the Maryland, D.C. area. So the past couple of years, I've been in our, uh, you know, we've had a program out there for uh, reporter producers that I've been working in. Um, so mainly that's been uh, involved being in Camden Yards and Nats Park. Um, but we had some shifting going on in the past year, and that opened up. Uh, one of those shifts was Annie, the former Cardsby reporter, now uh, taking the, the Royals role. Uh, so she's moving west a little bit, and I'm also moving west and taking over, uh, whole, you know, moving you know, spiritually west at least, um, and uh, taking over uh, for her um, for the season. So yeah, I've been uh, you know big baseball fan growing up, and uh, I'm. Didn't know I knew enough about the cards just from a national scale because of how prevalent they've been. Uh, you know, you know, obviously with the two World Series this, this century, um, and you know, best fans in baseball, Cardinals, <laughs> Devil Magic, all that stuff. I've yeah. grown accustomed to knowing from an outsider perspective, so I'm uh, definitely um, you know excited to learn from it from the inside, and it's been great so far. Yeah, well, I love the stuff you put out, and we're, we're happy to have you along. So you would be celebrating the Cardinal magic instead of uh, being annoyed by it. But uh, I guess we'll, we'll start with the news of, of yesterday, of Thursday, of the Cardinals announcing uh, pretty obvious announcement of Jack Flaherty being the opening day starter. Um, and to, to my knowledge, he'll also be starting Sunday in the Grapefruit League opener. Um, so, so what were what were some of Mike Shields' comments, and what are some of, of the, the other players' thoughts, if you have any? Or uh, what's the vibe right now as Jack Flaherty is named opening day starter for the second year in a row? Yeah, I mean, not, not a lot of surprise there. Uh, we actually had a running uh, bet on the beat. Who, um, you know, we asked Schilt yesterday um, who was, or, you know, the commission asked Schilt yesterday if he's ready to name an opening, or a uh, grapefruit league starter. Um, and Schilt said, I think you guys can figure out who it is, but I want to make sure to let him know before I make it public. Um, so then that kind of started some uh, betting amongst, the, you know, all in good fun, nothing serious. Yes. Um, and I took uh, Jack Flaherty as my first overall selection in the, in the betting pool and uh, someone else went with uh, Matthew Libertor as a dark horse candidate, just because of how his workload was going, not for opening day, just for great grapefruit league. And um, Wainwright was the third choice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, it wasn't really a doubt per se. I mean, once when, when Schultz said, um, you know, it's pretty obvious who it's going to be. That's when my mind started going to clarity for many obvious reasons. Um, but he's, you know, he's doing, he's, he, he has the full support of the entire staff um, and coaches, players, uh, no, you know, no player has anything but glowing things to say about his work ethic, even after his tough 2020, uh, you know, a lot of that, not, you know, you can make it excuses if you want, but there was a lot that he kind of had to go through last year um, that was just really timing, tough, tough timing. Um you know, when the COVID outbreak came and the team had to put their season on a pause, he was the next man up to start a game before, you know, he basically had to start taking away 
Um, so that, you know, became about a 20, 25 day pause from being able to throw in a live game. And that's, you know, once you get all built up during summer camp, you're amped up and then you got to basically start from scratch over, I mean, not truly from scratch, but he was very limited in those early goings back out from the, from the pause. Um, right. You know, he only threw about a hundred pitches in his first, in those first two starts. Um, so, you know, they, they, they kind of didn't not make any excuses for last year, but they kind of see it as a little bit of an aberration. Just, you know, he basically started for regular opening day in April. Then he had to start for opening day in July. Then he had to start for essentially a third opening day, um, you know, in the middle of August. So they're, they're, they're taking that data and, and what they learned from it last year, but they're really encouraged by what they saw in that second half of the, of the, after the pause. And, you know, he had a great start towards the end in Pittsburgh and, um, yeah, very glowing things said about him, and no one has any shaken confidence in him as expected. And you know, they're hoping that uh, he even said this that his wild card series start will just be a leaping off point in the twenty twenty one. Yeah, that that was one thing that gave me a lot of confidence. Is just you know, I don't I, I don't think anybody expected Flaherty to pitch to an ERA under two again like he did in two thousand nineteen. But I definitely don't think that they expected an ERA north of five as well. Um, th- that one Milwaukee start really hurt him as well. So I think the numbers could be a little skewed there. But I, I was impressed with his San Diego start, like you mentioned. Um, and as the Cardinals, try, and obviously, it's very early in spring. We're not even into March yet at, at this point. But what what is the workload like? I know that you know you have Miles Michaelis coming back from injury. You, you've got. Um, KK Kim, who's going to be in there, Wainwright, who is, is not a young gun anymore, so you got to be careful with his workload. Um, overall, what, what's the workload looking like right now as to who might fill in the starting rotation uh, come April behind Flaherty? Yeah, I think uh, you know everyone you mentioned is kind of uh, that's that's the rotation that's known so far. They still have that open spot at number five. Um, but yeah, Flaherty, Flaherty, I mean, we're looking for in the Grapefruit League opener. He's probably going to throw thirty to forty pitches. Um, you know, they're going to obviously take time with him, but they can't take too much time with some of these guys this year because there's only 24 Grapefruit League games. Um, so they don't have as much time as past years. There's no split squads to get more guys, more innings. There's a lot more off days. They're not traveling to the, to the West Coast to play games. Um, so they're going to be pretty – they're going to be careful with a lot of these older guys, especially, you know, Flaherty's the youngest guy in the rotation that's locked in, and it's a big gap. It's about six years between him and, and, Michaelis, and Michaelis and KK. So – um, you know, there's a bit of a drop off. It depends who gets the fifth starter. You know, if Carlos Martinez gets it, there's a little bit more age. If Alex Reyes gets it, then that's even closer in age. Um, yeah, for KK, you know, he, he's said to be perfectly healthy, just, you know, giving him ample time as an older guy. Uh, Nicholas, that's going to be an interesting one to follow because he, he says he's healthy and there's no reason to believe he's not healthy, but he is being kept out of live games, at least from the get go, doing backfield stuff. And Wainwright, you know, there's no re- reason to believe that he is anything but healthy, but obviously just in his older age, they're giving him ample time to get fully ready. And, um, you know, not, not, you know, especially after the rock he was last season, there's no reason to really rush him. And it's not like, you know, there's anything he needs to learn by, you know, the older you get kind of the less need you have for these great fruitly games. So you just know your body a lot better than you did as a younger, a younger buck like Flaherty or Reyes or, you know, Oviedo, people like that kind of use these spring training games to get their mind and, and body both in, in lockstep. Um, so, yeah, and then in number five, I think that's going to be an interesting conversation. I think, uh, you know, if I had to have a betting favor right now, I'd say they start C-Mark there um, and, you know, either give him a long leash or give him a short leash and have a Reyes or an Oviedo Reyes step up or John Gant maybe. Um, but I think, you know, with how uncertain the season is going to be, they're probably going to want to ride someone with a little bit more experience. 
ASV, I mean, it's already great for these games yet, so maybe a little bit early to make that full prediction. More from Zach and I in just a moment, but first a word from our incredible sponsors. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Bet Online is the easiest and fastest way to bet online for all your sports action. You can find them online at betonline.ag. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing, and baseball betting is around the corner. There are some futures online right now. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds that you need to know. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can enter the promo code LOCKEDON to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That means if you put in 100 bucks and then you enter the promo code LOCKEDON, you get $50 free dollars. Whether you're a college kid like me who could use the cash or you just like free money, head over to betonline.ag, enter the promo code locked on on your first deposit to receive 50% off. Excuse me, your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline is your online sportsbook expert. And before I send you back to Zach and myself, we might have you covered on everything you need to know about the Cardinals, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well. With Locked On Today, it's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I was on it yesterday talking about Albert Pujols. Great stuff on Locked On Today. Without further ado, here is more of Zach Silver and I talking Cardinal baseball. Right, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we're barely into spring, let alone any any game work there. But I do think it's interesting just because of you know how, how highly Martinez has been thought of in years past, and how you know while he he succeeded in the bullpen, twenty twenty was not a good year for him in any stretch of the imagination. And I think a lot of people are starting to get tired uh, of the expectation being so high and Martinez falling short. Um, but at the same time, he's a two time All Star, so I, I agree with you. I think Martinez will get that nod. Um, one more question on on the pitching staff, you know. I would say, that, like you said, we're early in and all these different things, but what, what's the feel at this point in camp with a guy like Matthew Liberator? Obviously, well-known in terms of the – he was the guy the Cardinals got back in the Randy Rosarena trade or at least the main piece in that deal. And, there, you know, there seems to be, at least on the outside, I would imagine, a lot of pressure on him to perform with what Randy did in the postseason. Um, is there a feeling of him maybe being, you know, a starter in Memphis and being called up if there's injuries? Or is he going to break the campus here as a reliever? What, what's the feeling about him right now? 
Well, funny you mentioned you, you've done your reading because yesterday was yeah. about all about how there's the Randy Rosarena trade and uh, the no pressure pressure that he feels. <laughs> um, no, I, I'd be surprised if he breaks the club with the club. Um, you know, I don't think there's question of if he could, you know, be a solid option. I don't think that's really in doubt. Um, I just, and I don't think it's, you know, service time or anything um, because, you know, you saw with Dylan getting his, his clock started last year. Um, but um, no, I would just, I just say for purely numbers perspective, I'd say he's probably still kind of the odd man out. Um, I, th- I think that he probably Memphis or double A is probably where he's going to start the year. Um, they have kept the door open that down the road, he could be a September call up or earlier if they, you know, the rotation starts to get thinned out or CMAR or Reyes or options like that aren't working out. Um, I think they'd be a little hesitant to bring him up and automatically give him a rotation. I mean, obviously, if he comes up, then he's not going to just occupy a roster spot with a guy, guy of his talent. He's going to come If he's going to come up, he's going he's gonna to pitch. Um, but, you know, I don't think they'll – I think they're also wary of thrusting him into a big rotation spot in his first, you know, not you – know, obviously, whenever he breaks with camp, he's probably going to break as a starter. But I think they're going to be a little cautious to break him in with like this big gap in the rotation that they are looking to him to fill. Uh, so I think they're going to be cautious with him and, and um, patient. Um, so I would say mid July, July, maybe August, September, if he's going to get up this year. Um, but who knows? Maybe we've seen guys come up a little bit earlier and then you know pitch well enough, pitch too well to send back down. So that could be the case with him. Yeah, I definitely think he, he's got a lot of high upside for sure. Um, so in, for, for my listeners know this, I am I am in love with this pitching staff for, from the starter to the closer. I think that this pitching staff is really deep. And then an episode um, yesterday talking about like how that could be the backbone. I really have a lot of faith in this pitching staff. So I could talk about pitching for days. Um, but because well, who's, your favorite? Who's, who's like your pitcher that no one really gives respect to that you're like, this guy's the real deal. I don't know if he's the real deal, but I think Tyler Webb gets a lot of hate. Uh, I think that um, he, he he's put into tough situations at times, but I like Tyler Webb more than the average guy. And then I am also one to say Giovanni Gallego should be the closer right now, even though Hicks hmm. probably might have more closer stuff. I like Gallegos. I think he's earned it a little bit more. Um, or not, not more. I just think he's earned it with his work the last couple of years. Who, who's your guy? Uh, right now, if I had to pick a closer, I would be hesitant to say it's Hicks is just because – He's another one of those guys. He's not on the older side. He's still very young, but you know, he's working back from not playing last year because of opting out, but also you know just coming back from Tommy John surgery didn't really make a lot of sense for him to get, rush back into it. Right. Um, so I would I would be shocked if they thrust him immediately back into a closer role to start. Um, but if he has a really great and he's not facing live hitters yet, so uh, if he has a really great camp, that could be a difference or uh, that could that could change. Um, you know, it, it's kind of tough because it, it depends a little bit on the rotation. Like, I don't, I don't think Seymour automatically gets the closer if he's not through, if he's not in the rotation. But I think a guy like Reyes, I think they were really, really in love with what they saw from him as a reliever last year. And I think if he doesn't um, break into the rotation, I think he's a, a prime candidate to get some closing chances. And you saw him get some last year. Um, I mean, this, but the thing with him is his stuff is just so tantalizing that they don't want to limit it to one inning. But with his health history it's just you don't know how he's going to be if he's going to be durable to, to be a starter for a full year um so Reyes I really like Gallegos is also a great option um yeah I mean that's that's kind of what their confidence is built on the fact that they have so many high upside proven arms that they feel like they have about four to five closers on there on an, for another team 
Absolutely. I, I love the, the, the combination. I mean, you know, you, you say you get a starter to go even five innings, you could bridge the gap with, you know, you got a guy like Kenneth Escobrero, we haven't talked about yet, who, who I like a lot. And then you go you know, Reyes Hicks and Gallegos. That's pretty electric stuff coming out of the bullpen. So, you know, they, they might not make a lot of preseason top 10 bullpens or have the biggest names, but I really do like this pitching staff. So just one question on the infield, because, you know, it feels like for the first time in a long time, the infield is pretty much set for the most part. Mm-hmm. Obviously you've got some question marks and maybe a Matt Carpenter, but, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about Nolan Arenado in, in, in that acquisition. And if, if my timeline memory serves me correctly, that was about the time you joined. Is that right? Or, or pretty close to it. Um, so what, what was that like? And obviously feeling like to be through the roof, but what has that been like covering Arenado? And what do you think he adds to this team? Yeah, that was my, my very first day um, replacing Annie was the day that he got officially traded. It was, okay. I was, you know, I knew I was going to be starting that job in the week prior. Um, so when Monday started rolling around, Annie was kind of starting her, her Kansas City gig. Um, and, you know, I felt terrible that she had all this stuff kind of piling up on her plate when, when that was, uh, you know, she was kind of transitioning out. Uh, but no, that Monday was the first, that Monday, the first was the first day on the job. I was shoveling snow in my driveway and I got a text that uh, he's been officially traded. So I got to run back inside and, and write some stuff. Um, but, uh, but no, he, I mean, he's, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious what he brings. I mean, he brings platinum glove to the infield and he's not going to replace Colton Wong, obviously very different positions, different sides of the infield, but he does just give another stabilizing presence. Um, yeah. He, you know, we talked to Paul today and Paul and him are Goldie and him are great friends and, you know, he's excited to getting to catch his, you know, throws from his, his you know, fastballs from across, across the infield. Um, and I, I think it'll just be, you know, it won't be, obviously there's, there's no downside to having him on your team. And even if the bat, is not to where it was before he was injured last season. I mean, you're still getting a great, you know, a great defense, defensive player, and that doesn't really slump. Um, and but you know, he says he feels completely healthy from last season. You know, he's, he's dealing with a problem in his shoulder, his non-throwing shoulder, so that's why he was still, you know, perfectly capable in the field. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just he's he's just kind of like the cardinal way embodied in another player on the team, where he just really loves the game, and um, that's what they talked about when when he they traded for him. It's just his dedication to the game and his love for learning and for his craft. And, and that's kind of what's sad about the, the pandemic right now is the guy like Ozzy Smith can't be at camp to work with Nolan and Paul DeYoung and, uh, and Edmund and the, and you know, the rest of the infield um, because, you know, there's just so much kind of great uh, minds on that infield if they're together. So uh, they're hopeful they can get Ozzy around in, in during the regular season at Bush, but, but yeah, I mean, Nolan, it's, he's, he's, he's just, it's, it's pretty immeasurable what he's going to do for the team this year. Yeah, I like what you said. He's the cardinal way, just embodied on a different player on a different team. I, I, I totally agree. And I, the, the conversation, I would love to be just a fly on the wall of a conversation between him and Ozzie Smith. I think that would be him, Ozzie, and Yachty. I think that'd be an incredible conversation about defense. But when we look to the outfield, that is a little bit more of a question mark around it. Because with the Dexter Fowler trade, that, that clears it up a little bit, but you still got s- some options, if you will. I think. Bader's going to be the guy in center field. I think that that's pretty much guaranteed. But then you've got three or four guys that could really occupy left or right field and Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill. I think Lane Thomas is going to get his fair shot. And as well as a guy like Justin Williams, who I, whenever I look at his numbers, I'm really impressed with. Um, so, so to start off, we'll start with Dylan Carlson. Do you think that he'll be left, right? I mean, he's, he's got to play opening day, right? Regardless of where he's at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, we talked to John Mosellock the other day, and he was asked specifically if he if he sees Carlson in a in a left or right, and he said right field is where he, he's 
he imagined Dylan playing um, and Tyler O'Neill left. Um, so, that, I mean, that, yeah, like I think I think Harrison's pretty set in center. Dylan's pretty set in right. You know, unless anything happens, I think left is Tyler O'Neill's to lose. Uh, but at the same time, the, they are very excited in what Lane Thomas brings. Um, and you mentioned Matt Carpenter earlier, and I think it's going to be a similar situation where, you know, if Tommy Edmonds struggles and Matt Carpenter is going to start to get some more playing time, maybe you see a little bit of a platoon shift, even though that's not really their um, standard standoff, say their modus operandum is to have platoons. Um, but I think, you know, if Tyler, Tyler has had some question marks with his bat, and I think if those don't really start to get addressed this season, you'll see Lane pushing for playing time. I think more so than Justin Williams and Austin Dean, although those guys are definitely going to be good bench candidates. Um, but yeah, for, I mean, for Dylan, it's it, I mean, the book's kind of, you know, written for him, not written because he's still so young, but you know, it's, it's, it's clear what he's strong at. He's strong at, you know, the strike, reading the strike zone, he's strong at making great contact. He's strong at just being an all around good hitter. He's a switch hitter. He can get on base. Well, we were talking to him today about what, what he might bring as a leadoff hitter now that Colton's a brewer. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, they they were, he was disappointed with his first half, but the second time he came up last season, he really put it together and, um, they're really excited to see what they can get out of him from 162 games. Um, and I think I think that you mentioned the biggest question mark. I think that is the biggest question mark is just if that outfield can put it together um, because, you know, you ha- you can have a great infield. And, I mean, defensively, it's not going to be a question. But, you know, if you have Tyler and Harrison and Dylan struggling, that's a big – those are three big holes that aren't proven entities yet at the major league level with the bat. And those are three holes in your lineup that are just created – um, you know, Nolan can solve a lot, but he can't really fix that on his own. Right. Did Did you say that they're thinking about putting Carlson in the leadoff spot? Is that what you said? That, um... That's not. Yeah, that's not. We um, Schultz said that's you know still to be determined. Okay. But you know they they need someone to play there um, and to bat there. And right now, if, you know, if you had to take a you know a tally of of the club, they'd probably have Tommy Edmond or Dylan Carlson as two of their two of their top options. But um, I think if Carlson's not there, he's probably going to bat fifth. Right. Yeah, so. So of all the, the the projected lineups, I've seen him either second or fifth, and I think that the outfield for me is honestly a, a high risk, high reward type of situation because if Bader's playing and O'Neill too, but I, I think if Bader can play to his full ability, I think he could be a top ten center fielder in baseball. I mean, I think Bader is a guy that gets overhated. I don't know if you've realized this this yet. Um, you you either yeah. love Bader, you hate Bader, and I honestly fall somewhere in between just because I I try to balance the sabermetrics and the, the traditional stats. Um, well, I tweeted I tweeted something the other day that Bader said he wanted a gold glove more than everything, and the Chicago Cubs site picked that up and was like, Bader wants to win a gold glove more than he wants to win a World Series. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I, I guess you can kind of take that from that, but it's also like, give the guy a break. He just like got asked about defense, and he said he really wants to win a gold glove. Like, yeah. he just seems like a guy that people want to find stuff to hate because he's a little, you know, zany and um, flashy and uh, you know dresses with a little bit of different style, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I understand why you take offense to that, but I mean, and in his, I mean, his defense, he had a lot to say just about the club and why he's excited and very team oriented stuff. I just thought it was like interesting that he saw that he really wants to go glove. I mean, obviously that's a pretty obvious thing to want, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he gets a lot of unnecessary hate just because people want someone to hate. 
Absolutely. I think that, you know, in, in a more broader sense, people take quotes out of context all the time. Um, and, and that's yeah. just a prime example of it. But um, I do think that there, there is a lot of upside. Um, and obviously the springtime is the place to be, to be hopeful, to, to be on the positive side of things. And I think that's where I'm falling at on the outfield right now. And to be honest, I was going to close this with, with some fan questions, but we answered them all in our conversations and you answered, right. yeah, we answered, uh, I guess th- there's one um, here to, by Phil Sargent says, uh, what does a press conference look like um, on your end and what kind of things do you take notes on when, uh, when writing articles? I think that, that's an interesting question, a little bit of an, an insider question. I'm asking, uh, how do you yeah. feel about, about a press conference? Yeah, peeking behind the curtain a little bit. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's kind of, I mean, especially with Zoom, it's so different because yeah. you just have to be, it's a lot more formal where, you know, in an in-person press conference, you kind of riff with each other or, um, you know, one person asks something and then it kind of becomes a topic. Um, yeah, these days, you know, there's, you just kind of go in every day um, with a, maybe a certain story angle in mind you want to write the day. Um, you know, it's not clear what players you get every day, so you kind of got to be flexible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just like a whole potpourri of kind of topics you have written down and, um, you know, taking notes on news first off. You know, like today, obviously, it's – if um, or, um, on Thursday when, when Schultz announced that Flaherty was going to be – taking over, I don't know if it's going to be starting opening day. It's obviously a big thing you write down and you know, anything reaction that he has to say about clarity and stuff you take down. But I don't know. It's, it's an interesting question because it's just so much in the moment that it's hard to like, it's hard to express how you approach it because it's just like so different. Every moment it's happening, you know? Yeah, it's, it, it can be so different with with, with 2021 as well, um, just having having it on Zoom as well. But um, I'm going to put you on the spot. There, there, um, we, there's a uh, website that we use here in Locked On for, for our sports betting and for our projections, and Bet Online is, is a site called it. It has the Cardinals at, I think it's 87 and a half wins. Um, if, if that's your over and under, you take in the over or you take in the under? Well, I've had a pretty good run with Cardinals fans so far. Um, <laughs> I guess, like we said, I got, I got hired. I started the job the day Nolan got traded. Um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of it depends on the rest of the division. Mm-hmm. And really, I only see the Brewers being any semblance of competition. I don't think the Reds are that good. Um, the Cubs, I think, are going to be pretty disappointing. And the Pirates are the Pirates. So, um <laughs> I'm going, and I, I, I mean, we'll, you know, we'll see how Yelich rebounds from last season. Um, 87 and a half, I'm going to give him the over, though. I think, I think, they're gonna, I think they're going to surpass. I don't think they're going to be a 100-1 team. Uh, it may not even be a 95-1 team, but I could see a 93-1 club. Well, I like that. I like it. I like, like the optimism. I'm also, I'll take the over as well. I think that um, with the addition of Nolan Arenado, I think that the, it lengthens not only the, the in-person lineup, but I think it also makes your bench better because it allows you to have a little bit of pop when a guy like Matt Carpenter, um, who's going to find a little bit more time on the bench. But um, what's your win total? My win, my exact win total. Um, I'm going to say 92. I'm going to be different from you. I'm going to say 92. Uh, okay. 92 is, is my, I guess, I think it would be 92 and 70, I think is, is that math correctly. All right. Well, if they get anything over that, then I win because prices right rules apply. <laughs> All right. We'll, 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 we'll be talking to, to again in October then and we'll see who wins this one. But uh, Zach, Thanks, I appreciate your time. Uh, what work can my listeners follow you and, and, and read your stuff? Yeah. Uh, read my stuff at cardinals.com. Pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, any, any, you know, especially during spring training, it's going to be a lot of content coming out every day. Um, 
And uh, you can follow me at Zach Silver on Twitter, Z-A-C-H-S-I-L-V-E-R, like the color. Um, yeah, fun fun story how I got that handle. I'll, I'll tell another time, a little tease for the next time I'm on the podcast. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I'm uh, really excited for the season. I've really loved getting to know some of the Cards fans, very passionate fan base I've come to learn. And uh, I, I've told friends that I'm like the cool uncle with presents at Christmas. Like I arrive the day no one gets signed. So, you know, <laughs> hopefully it's only good vibes from here on out. Couldn't agree more, and I, I do look forward to the next time we chat, and hopefully it's after a, a Cardinal win streak or some, some good Cardinal luck. So, uh, Zach, I appreciate your time, and uh, stay safe down there in Florida.